And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Bueller. Bueller. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Welcome to Two True Freaks Commentary Monthly Monday. I'm Chris Honeywell, and we are doing Gorzera. And I am here with Scott Gardner. I see we're not doing the racially sensitive uh, version. <laughs> Is there ever a racially sensitive version of Godzilla? Has there ever Has been? There ever I don't know. Version of two true freaks. <laughs> I, I know there's an L for R's joke made in this movie, so I thought that I was justified in oh, that's true. Doing yeah, it, you're in right. Doing it in the in the intro. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the 1998 Godzilla. Yes, we are. <clears throat> also known any... as the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Yes, this is true. Oh, it would have been awesome if he was actually in a Godzilla suit in this. Godzilla's we... day off. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Save I'm sure that's not the last uh, uh, Ferris Bueller joke we'll make tonight either. No, probably not. Do you have anything on this? Uh, so far as anything to say about it, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I, I I have my origin story, but it's kind of a long origin story, so I figured I'd save it till we were in the movie. Yeah, save it for the movie. It gives us because we. This is a long movie. This movie's like two twenty, like, I think. Yeah, it's like over two hours. It's just short of two and a half hours long. Yeah. Well, before we get started, <clears throat> I need you to indulge me a little bit. I have prepared okay. a little statement, Ooh. and I would like to issue the following disclaimer: For at least the last six years, I have had to suffer and endure through an ever-worsening media trend. This trend consists, both in print and on screen, of taking some of my most cherished and beloved franchises, characters, and concepts, many of which make up significant portions of both my childhood and my psyche, and replacing them with absolutely abysmal remakes, reimaginings, and reiterations. Disgraceful bastardizations that, in most cases, not only completely failed to capture the spirit, flavor, or intent of the originals, but instead, oftentimes deliberately and quite inten- intentionally, took a flagrant piss upon said originals and everything they've stood for. All of this I have suffered, repeatedly, while most of the rest of the world applauded. And not just applauded, cheered joyfully rapturously on their feet at the top of their lungs ecstatically cheered 
Some of you listening to me right now were among those celebrants. It's all right. You don't have to deny it. I know. I've been watching. Some of you were thrilled beyond words that the likes of Batman or Superman or Star Trek didn't, in your own words, quote unquote, suck anymore. And you couldn't have cared less how those pre-existing fans of those properties felt about it now. I tried repeatedly to voice my objections to this, often quite passionately, I thought, to this ultimately counterproductive trend of completely disenfranchising longtime fans in the futile hope of ever, uh, of ever capturing the full and unbroken attention of an increasingly fickle modern audience who, let's be honest, will never demonstrate the level of devotion to these new incarnations as I and others like me have had to the originals. And of course, I was truly blessed to receive the full support of my fellow fans. Oh wait, no, I never got that. Instead, most of them, and many of you listening now, supposed fellow fans and likewise longtime followers and devotees to many of these same franchises told me I was wrong. That I was getting all worked up over nothing. That I should just relax and go with the flow. Learn to let it go, man. Patting me on the head in the most condescending and patronizing tones. All the while continuing to feed the very goddamn machines that continue to this day to tear down everything these beloved franchises have stood for. Oh my god, you're raging against the machine. And still cheering right along with the rest of the idiot masses. But I'm not bitter or anything. Nah. In fact, you know, after tonight, I'm not even going to hold a grudge anymore. Because all I'm really trying to say here is, now it's my turn. You see, Chris and I are about to discuss a movie that I'm well aware that you don't like. That you really don't like. That I dare say, you hate. I've seen what you've said about it. In fact, for about 16 years now, all you've done is piss and moan about this movie. Why can't it be more like the old ones? Why does a monster not look like the real Godzilla? Why is it in New York City? Why is Matthew Broderick in it? <laughs> in fact, these are all the same goddamn things that I've been saying about the bastardizations that I don't like, and y'all mocked me about it. So tell me, what's the matter, little fanboy? Did somebody break Godzilla for you? Because you see, my friends, I like this movie. I like it a lot. I don't understand what the hell you don't like about it. In fact, I may just go to the lengths of saying that I love this movie. And I might just say that I love this movie just because it pisses you off. Godzilla. How, how do you like how that feels, huh? So welcome to Godzilla 1998. <laughs> and just remember, you bastards created this monster. I hope you're well pleased with yourself. Woohoo! Well, okay. <laughs> They've been asking for the old Scott. God damn it! I brought the old. <laughs> I think Scott you preface, to the show. preface this episode. <laughs> Have I made my point? <laughs> that said, I'm. I plan to have a ball with this. Oh, me too. I have my issues with it. Don't get me wrong, but I, overall, I'm. I'm serious. I really do kind of dig the movie. So, <laughs> I may be more the naysayer in this. I don't dislike. Well, we'll get into this because 
The only fear I really have going into this is I think Luke Jacanetti's going to hate this episode. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Well, it's not funny. It's kind of natural that it came up. I really wish that it was just more logistically possible to do three-way podcasts mm-hmm. because I would love to have Luke. I would love to have a play-by-play on this from from Luke because I'd love I. I I think I've talked to him about this movie before, and I, if I seem to recall right, I don't think he hates it. He's no fan. I messaged mm-hmm. him real quick yesterday just to get you know just a nutshell, you know, reaction. What because you know, I couldn't remember either, but I didn't think that he liked it just because it doesn't seem like any Godzilla fans like this movie. Mm-hmm. So I messaged I him. See and why? Said, give me a, give me a nutshell. You know what what you're feeling on the movie. And I wish I had it here in front of me to, to be able to give you an exact quote. But essentially it was, you know, it just fails on every level kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, mm-hmm. and I hope, you know, Luke, I hope I'm not misquoting you, buddy, but that's essentially how I remember it. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know about you. I'm itching to get into it. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to get to work to. Oh, Yes. Well, we are paused at zero zero. Do you want to do the uh, the honors the on countdown? this one? Okay, I will count down from three, and when I say go, we push play, and Godzilla ninety eight will happen, and Matthew Broderick <laughs> will happen all over the screen. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. And uh, this, I I was very excited about this movie because what year did uh, Horsey what year did uh, what Planet of the Apes come out the Tim Burton remake of Planet of the Apes oh god I want to say like 2001 I think so it came out within a couple years of this yeah it's funny we're sort of in another we're sort of in another time period where there's a Godzilla and Planet of the Apes remake (laughs) happening at the same time and I was very excited for both of these because these are two, you know, film franchises that I really like. So I was, and my friends were all really psyched to see, you know, Godzilla on the big screen to the point of where our band learned Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla and called up the giant Cinemaplex and said, hey, can we uh, come into the lobby set up and play Godzilla there you know just to do it you know just to be and they said yeah if you do it we'll give you free tickets into the movie so opening night we set up in the the lobby of Tinseltown with with our band and we dressed up in in um, military outfits you know like jumpsuits and we had um, bullhorns and we would do the, the song Godzilla and if anybody's ever heard it there's a part in the middle that's sort of like the Godzilla going through the city part with sound effects and you know we would have the bullhorn and be like Godzilla is nearing Tokyo Godzilla is nearing Tokyo and then we had a little <laughs> toy that had a had the sampled Godzilla scream on it and stuff and we would just sort of cycle the sound song around and segue it back into itself for two hours and Meanwhile, getting psyched up to see Godzilla 
and then we tore down, went into the theater, and watched this. <laughs> Which I'm not going to say is... Uh... Oh, did you notice that, that there was that one guy in the cre- credits named with the same last name as Broderick's character, uh, Tartopolis? No. I wonder if that's where they... They got it from he was a really good cool guy, and they named the character after him or something. But um, before I forget, oh, his name just came up too. David Arnold. I love David David Arnold's uh, score to this movie. This that might honestly be one of the reasons I like the movie so much is I really think he did a great job on the score to this. Oh yeah, uh, it's La La it's Land epic. Records. Just yeah, it is. It, it feels like a monster movie score. I really enjoy it. Well, which is funny because I'm going to make the argument that this movie is actually a comedy. <laughs> okay. I, ser- I seriously think this this movie is more of a comedy than an action movie. There's more elements of... There's more jokes in it than... Right. There is Godzilla deviltry. It's, it's a strange think- movie. What did you think of this opening? Because I've heard this heavily criticized that it's, again, not, you know, the original Godzilla, which I guess Godzilla, the original Godzilla. Now, I haven't seen the original. What year was that? 1954, I think. I think it was 54, yeah. I haven't seen the original one since I was a kid, but I think the original one, he's basically, he was a dinosaur that got, like, irradiated by nuclear tests or something, right? Yeah. And I mutated. mean, this... This was th- that was basically that that whole montage is basically the origin of Godzilla. It's more um, faithful to the original Godzilla than most anything else in this movie. Right, but you know, I, I the criticism I've heard is that you know it's it's not it's not you know he's freed from the ice and all that sort of thing that he's basically like a giant iguana or a giant Komodo dragon. I'm like. I don't have a problem with that. I what you know, so what? So they updated the origin a little bit. Well, it's 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 um back to what we like to do with modern modernizing films or trying to make it more realistic. Right. Instead of going like let's make a fantasy world <gasps> in which Do you see who that is? Is oh my god from there's one thing Big that Trouble can make in Little China, right? So much better. One of the guys there doing the fish processing was Genghis Khan from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. This movie totally needs to have Abe Lincoln in it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I don't know if it shows him real. I thought it showed him real close up. It does. Not. I might have missed the shot. Because I, I, I believe he was in Big Trouble in Little China also. Wait, here he's, he's coming. He's going to show. There he is! Yeah. <laughs> he's also in uh, Die Hard. The original Die Hard. Yeah, he's one of those character actors like Danny Trejo that's just gonna show up, you know, when it's it, if there's if there's a Hispanic gang, Danny Trejo's there. If it's if it's Asian, it's this guy. Wait. But I mean, when when Ow. I remember being in the movie theater and going like, "All right, this is a good start," you know, right? A Japanese fishing boat attacked by Godzilla. That that makes perfect sense. And then <laughs> you cannot fault the special effects in this. What? Well, see, I, 
I feel bad saying what I'm about to say because I like Matthew Broderick. I really do like Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. but I think he's one of the elements that really brings this movie down. Oh, definitely. Because he kind of takes me out of it. You definitely. Know? Well, he's not doing anything. He's not doing... I mean, the thing about Matthew Broderick is he's a very charismatic actor, and he's got that eternal youth thing. I mean, really, he looks just like a couple years older than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right, yeah. And uh, so he's very charismatic. He doesn't have to really work... And and I mean, not that his part in this has a lot of depth or anything, but he doesn't really have to do anything but just sort of do the Matthew Broderick thing to, to sell his part, you know? And, I mean, all right. For some reason, they just portray this guy as just generally. Have you noticed all the women are just like fawning, fawning over him? His old girlfriend, right? You know, is 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 still pining for him. The the girl he meets, the hot redhead, the yeah. redhead up ahead, is instantly just like hello, you know. So it's it's weird. But the thing is, is Matthew Broderick is not that an action Tom Cruise heartthrob. So you don't really think of him as the one the girls like. Are this is in- all he's in the movie. This guy right here. By the way, the guy behind him looks like Tote from Raiders. Yeah, of Lost he sure Art. does. That's uh, I forget the guy's first name. His last name is Morshower. He plays General Morshower in the Transformers movies. Oh, he was also the the general or whatever he was that uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's character blowed up with the grenade blast in uh, X Men First Class. I like that guy, that Morshower. I've seen him in several different movies. He always plays a like a military guy or something, you know, secret agent or something like that. Yeah, I I think a lot of people were upset about Matthew because Matthew Broderick he's plays the normal schlub guy, right? You know. And the action hero role doesn't really f- seem to fit right for him. Right. But that, See, that's like going this to my... He's, this is a comedy. So you put, This guy's awesome. I think this well, guy this actually is the movie. And again, I don't hear enough nice things said about him either. I really like well, his role. He's also, he's also walking through, a, sort of sleepwalking through his persona, but... <clears throat> you think I mean, so? Oh, yeah. He's a, but he's, I mean, have you ever seen The Professional? No, in, I've heard things about it. In though. the professional with Natalie Merchant, and he and the original professional too. I think I think he was the lead actor in both. He's been in a lot of French movies. He's like the French Bruce Willis, basically. Right. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's a great actor. He's got a great face. He knows. What else has that old guy been in? Oh, million. He's another character actor. <laughs> Let me light you on fire. Here, here comes our Els for our joke. Or, well, anyway, in the future it is. Here's the origin of our Farrar's joke, though. And then, um, <laughs> I don't know if any, anybody remembers, but I did an episode called Bring Me the Head of Roland Emmerich. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so I should just despise this movie, but, you know, maybe over the years when the Zack Snyder's and the David Goyer's have have surfaced maybe it makes me feel better about the Roland Emmerich's but um this is one of his least inept and most enjoyable right, movies yeah. I See, think that's the that, thing 
This and um, Independence Day. See, I'm with you because I should hate this too. Because oh, you just you just hit one of my source spots. I friggin' hate Independence Day. I hate that movie. I think that movie, top to bottom, is just a mess. Yet here it's a success is success in playing an audience, guy. though. Yeah, but somehow I don't know. Somehow on some level, I can't explain why this movie works for me. And I think one of the reasons is I think it is. Uh, blatantly ripping off kong in a whole lot of places and somehow on that level it works for me i mean coming up right here we have a scene right out of 76 kong yes you know with the giant footstep and all by the way this guy here uh kevin dunn i like him a lot he play he goes on to play uh uh shia labeouf's father in the transformer movies which he's kind of wasted in those movies because he's a much better actor than the role that they give him but i like him in this one as uh I forget his character's name, but I like him a lot. You see, I think this is uh, this movie for 1998 is a throwback. This is really tor- if you want to really call it that. This is the end of the 80s movies. This this mm-hmm. movie is a definite oh, shot yeah. in the 80s blockbuster Spielberg style. I think Roland Emmerich really would like to be Steven Spielberg or, mm-hmm. you know, like a Steven Spielberg disciple. Gosh, so he uses, do you like her? Do I like her? Are, are, yeah. are you asking if uh, I was Matthew Broderick and she was like, well, hello, that I wouldn't be like, hello, Matt. <laughs> I definitely would, yes. I don't know if you, you have ever a met special this, you have a uh, special place in your <clears throat> heart for redheads anyway. So <laughs> yes, I do. Fire in the hole, baby. But uh, he does a lot of the cues of Spielberg and a lot of the, especially in the humorous parts. It's but it's not. It doesn't have the wit of a Spielberg movie. You know that no, that little touch there with the guy sneezing in his hand and going to shake his hand would almost be something that you would see in a Spielberg movie, but Spielberg would handle it more subtly. This guy's right. like, at you, here, you know. J- the jo- this uh, Everything in this movie is, like, telegraphed and playing to the lowest common denominator as far as, like, explaining visually and story-wise, which is fine, you know. Um... Uh, once again, I said I should hate ah, it. Chicago. <laughs> <clears throat> well, see, I think one of the reasons it works for me is that I, I agree with you on the Spielberg thing. I'm glad that you brought that up so early because one of the things where this – because. Uh, one of the criticisms I was reading about this, because I, I tried to do a little bit of homework on this, and one of the, the common criticisms that I read was – it basically just takes scenes from Jurassic Park and just replays them or plays them bigger, louder, whatever. And it's like, yeah, because I, I know that I'm in the minority here, but Jurassic Park didn't work for me. It's not that it was a bad movie or anything like that. I mean, while I'm watching it, I, I'm generally enjoying myself. But at the end of the day, when I saw Jurassic Park, I was vastly both underwhelmed and disappointed by it because of something Spielberg had said when he was doing the the interview rounds promoting the movie before it came out, which was this was his 
um, I don't know if he said the, the word remake necessarily, but it's like his love letter, homage, whatever, to the Beast from tw- uh, 20,000 Fathoms, which is one of my favorite old black and white monster movies, you know, where this dinosaur gets loose, comes to the United States and tears up a big city. So that's somehow that's what I thought we were going to get with Jurassic Park. And the fact that, you know, the dinosaurs, yes, they're running around eating people, but it's on like it's a contained. Hawaiian island. I could give a shit, you know? It's just, it just didn't work for me. They kept teasing it this? and teasing it and teasing that they were going to do that until you got like Jurassic Park 2 where you had a brief right. end run of it. And right. I don't know Which why. Which is why I like Lost World better than Jurassic Park too, because they're in a city. Because that's what I ultimately want to see. God damn, is she hot? I just want to see a dinosaur loose in a city tearing shit up and eating people. And that's exactly what this movie gives me. So I'm not... See, this is one of those movies where I can use that criticism that other people keep throwing in my face when it comes to, like, say, Star Trek, where it's like, ah, just turn your brain off and have fun. Okay, with this movie, I can do that. With this movie, I am perfectly all right just going click... And just sitting back and just munching popcorn and laughing my ass off and having a great time. Because on a special effects, you know, just give me what I want to see level, it totally works for me. On a story level, yeah, I'll grant you. It's it's not, you know, Henry V. But I'm not, I didn't go to this kind of movie to see that. It's you not know? even Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Right. <laughs> I mean, I I look at it as a dumb. It's dumbed down Spielberg. That's that's all. I mean, all these scenes are totally scenes. I you know Spielberg would do these, but he would be much more elegant with revealing. This is right. this is the this right. is all it's the protopoxy from from cl- uh, close, close encounters, encounters exactly. Yeah, but but it's not. It's more ham-handedly. The scene is opened more but then again i'm not expecting roland Emmerich to be spielberg but i i think he's taking that you know yeah i think this movie is a light romantic comedy with godzilla added (laughs) and uh special effects wise i think for 1998 top of the line some of the scenes show now nowadays you know as far as as the CGI and stuff goes, but some of the composites show. Yes, I, I noticed I was watching it yesterday. Yeah, but um, but also, I mean, I w- I would love to see a really good documentary on this. I want to know how much of this is actually practical, because I was noticing in some of the scenes where the helicopters are chasing the monster through the city that some of the looks like actual practical model. The whole work. city is a practical model. That's pretty it's a cool. humongous set, and all those shots you see from the helicopter are steadicams swooping through there. See, they wouldn't do that today. Now it'd be all CGI, and yes. it looks that much faker for it somehow. So I, I really like those scenes. I think when you do, I mean, we, we've said this many times before, but the practical stuff, when it's done well, holds up and has a timeless quality that doesn't date like the CGI stuff does. Yeah, because it doesn't have to, it's tricking your eye with like perspective and stuff. 
But right here, what okay. we're looking at is a soundstage with two real boats in it. They might not be big boats. It's hard to tell. But they're probably right. like half-size, you know, half-size right. copies of them so the water doesn't look too out of proportion. And they're like made of wood and wire and stuff, and it looks like that. And and right. the CG could be doing all the stuff, reflecting all the water, bouncing off it, but it just hasn't gotten to the point where it tricks the eye perfectly mm-hmm. yet. I mean, this scene's been played out in a million <laughs> different movies. And... But that's, that's. But it looks good in this scene. Well, I mean, it, it actually believes something is dragging these boats underwater. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, here's the thing: is that that's the whole thing about this movie is almost everything in it should have been done a million times. It's a Godzilla movie. It's it's supposed to contain certain things, you know, right. certain elements of it. And this is one of the elements. So to say that anything's cliched and hackneyed is just, like, missing the point. But, um... I I thought this movie could have been more cliched and hackneyed. Right. Poor Gordon's Fisherman. (laughs) There's a shot coming up here in a minute. Again, I would like to know exactly how the shot was done because I suspect it's with miniatures, but if it is miniatures, they did a really good job because it's where uh, the ships come back up from underwater. And because it's done slow-mo, it kind of looks like it's probably model work. But again, if it is, it's really, really something because I judge anything like that up against the scenes of them raising the Titanic in Raise the Titanic, which looks fake as hell, you know? (laughs) You can tell that it's um, right here. That is just... That's cool. I mean, that's a really good shot. And again, if if that's model, that's pretty damn good. But you only get a glimpse of it. You know, just enough to, to not see it if it is model work. This is another. I will say this much. I like my pseudoscience to be a little bit more believable than it is in this movie. There's a whole lot yeah. of like wild speculation stretches in this just to get the plot where it needs to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a, a series of assumptions that lead to direct action. <laughs> and she could have gotten naked at any point in this movie. Yeah, not that kind of movie. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> well, you'll have to play the special Scott Gardner's director's cut in your head. <laughs> and I will, too. And I wonder what her name is. I don't even know what her name is or anything she's been in or anything. Oh, this is a good entry for your stalking point. <laughs> stalking point entry. <laughs> That's a podcast right there. Actresses I would stalk. <laughs> we could do that show. You'd have all the actresses listening to it to see if they're on if they should be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Good ratings that way. Be interesting to see if we uh, if we offend them one way or the other. We offend them because they did make the list. We offend them because they didn't make the list. <laughs> 
Vicky Lewis? Is that who she is? Hmm. I suspect that's who she is, but I'm not finding a picture. Ah, Tokyo. <laughs> and another... Um... Oh, God. Yeah, this subplot I could have totally lived without. Although I like Animal. Animal's cool. Animal is... Yeah, Mo from... We got two Simpsons voice actors on here. Another yep. of my additions for... Uh, you know, additions to my argument that this is a, a comedy. He, he and Harry Shearer... Who's principal skin? They're all bo both a bunch of voices. I hear the voice of Mo the bartender when in Animal more than any of his other Simpsons characters. But I think he it, also does the comic book guy, doesn't he? Oh, probably, probably. And and Harry Shearer is also in was in um, you know, all the in that um. Oh, what the hell is it with the exploding drummer? Um, Spinal Tap movie and like. Oh my, right, yeah. So he's he's been doing sp the bass player in Spinal Tap for many years too. So I it it, it always whenever I see Harry Shearer, but he's he's perfect as a newscaster. He's got a perfect newscaster voice too. He looks like a newscaster too. So yeah, he does. He's he's great in the role. Plus he's short, so that's that's also a added bonus. Here we go with the wild, insane coincidence. <laughs> I'm single. There's my boyfriend. Well, plus I thought this was a big top secret organ, you know, uh, operation, and you know, there's CNN. Yeah, right. How how many times do we Rock see that? Cleveland. When there's when there's ever you know any kind of disaster, how many times do we see reporters chasing like important people around? Like, get soaked here. I love the accents. <laughs> Sash. <laughs> go go yeah. catch a fish. <laughs> Don't fall in, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because this scene works better as what remember this scene was like the trailer at one trailer, point yeah. for the movie. Mm -hmm. So it was like its own this is its own little mini movie. I'm surprised this it's almost like a Coke ad, except he's not drinking a Coke there. But okay, here's here's one of my first like like bad, just like you really have to turn your brain off for this one. Um, why would Godzilla's be pulling on his line? He's coming towards him, and this and this guy's like that. I could see him getting hooked on Godzilla, but Godzilla's coming directly towards him. There shouldn't be anything pulling his reel away. You just ruined the whole movie for me. You happy now? Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm quite satisfied. You can see it's a little Batman. bit of... Here Here comes a little bit of the, the glitchy uh, CG composite work right there. Right, right there, yeah. Right there where he's running. He's it's like a little too smooth, but still not bad at all. Yeah. Still better like than Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> see, this whole part right here... The, the coming on land part. I like this. This is one of my favorite parts well, of the entire this, movie. This is Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, right yep. here. This is like this is a shot right out of Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Just that guy driving the car looked like Alan Arkin. Yeah, he did a little, didn't he? You see, I think that was a practical 
claw right there. Right, yeah. There's a lot of this that I think may be practical, actually. See, I like, too, that the monster's just ginormous. Well, you know, he's not just a dinosaur. He's, like, a freakishly huge dinosaur. Yes. See, those are all practical This is a claws. great shot right here. Yes. The perspective shot from inside the truck is pretty cool. No, this is... This is <laughs> I like this one right here where he's hanging. That's... That's a yeah. see. And that's probably... <laughs> that isn't... But the scene where he's hanging is... Now, ow. Here's one of my complaints about this movie. This these early scenes are some of the only scenes of real human carnage. Oh, okay. Right. Case number 3 for this being a comedy. The gay Siskel and Ebert mayor and assistant team. <laughs> what makes them gay? There's something I'm telling you, man. There's something there's something they're a little too like partner like you know my partner gene type thing you know what i mean i don't know there's this something i sadly in a post 11 on post 9 11 world too because as soon as they felt that first rumble there would have been like people yeah it would have been a out. different reaction instead of like what the hell but this is also a nice little i when when i see this scene with the all the cars hopping there i totally see that film set yeah that's 9 that's very 9 11 way ahead mm -hmm. of 9-11 but they didn't really uh, do anything to the Twin Towers so they don't have that stigma attached That's to it true. yeah there's actually only a, just a couple of shots of the Twin Towers in this I noticed yes see this is this CG's a little bit ow this woman right here looks really familiar to me is she one of like the Brady kids or something because she looks like she might be, like, who was the young one? Like, Cindy or whatever her name was? Maybe. Oh, she geez. looks really Yeah, you're right. Thing. You're right. She does sort of look like she has that kind of baby face a little bit. Yeah. I like that they have Barney on the television <laughs> as, as Godzilla walks by. See, there's some nice little touches in there. Well, what's up with her? It's There's there's weird stuff. Like, you wonder, what what's up with, why is her hand in a cast? Right. So, I mean, this is obviously an A-level production where they put a lot of design... Like, the production designer was putting a lot of little bells and whistles on it that didn't need to be there. They're just not as smooth as as they think they are. But it's still... It's one of those movies where it's a fun movie all the way. Did not feel like a God... It just doesn't feel like a Godzilla movie to me, even though... A lot of people are arguing, you know, like this subplot and like the romantic plot of of it, you know, all the human elements of it are sort of not what they want to see in a Godzilla movie. Well, they've been in past Godzilla movies too, and just a, and just as shallow and awkward or whatever. So it's not really breaking tradition see, I, in that. See, I reject that criticism though, because I mean, now don't get me wrong, and I'm not trying to oh, me too. piss anybody off here, but come on, I've seen Godzilla movies. I I, I watched no, them as there's a kid. bad romantic subplots in them, and, and you know, those movies. I mean, is that really what people wanted in 1998? No. Was was literally bringing Godzilla, another movie like those old movies, to the screen? Well, because those movies were they're a product of their time, and in a lot of ways, they're pretty bad. So, well, like Pacific Rim, also. A lot of what people didn't like about Pacific Rim were the things 
that people don't like about the giant robot movies or giant anything movies. The, the, the romantic subplots and stuff like that. But the thing about the thing about movies like this is giant monster special effects are expensive. You can only put so many minutes of them in a movie with your budget. No, whether you're a big budget or a small budget, so you have to have something around them. To, and and there's always the standard thing, and it's a it's a rule of thumb, but you don't have to follow it a hundred times. That you need some sort of human story arc that follows, you know, a love story or a redemption arc or something, to make the movie have any kind of quality or whatever which I think is a myth because some movies like a Godzilla movie I will watch Godzilla destroy a city for two and a half hours I'll mm -hmm. punk my ass down in a chair and watch that and that's what I and I'll love it I won't if it's done inventively I won't get sick of it I'm a big fan of destroy so yeah I don't need the I don't need to know the names of any of those people getting mashed under Godzilla's feet <laughs> exactly I, I, exactly. Not a single one of them. I don't. I'll learn. I'll, it's okay to learn a few names, but then see them go down in fiery death is fine too. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I personally, to me, what I want from a Godzilla movie, and and I don't think I'll ever get it because I don't think they'll ever shoot a movie, uh, an official Godzilla. Somebody might make a movie like that. Is I want to see all the action figures set up and then the big Godzilla action figure come and start stomping through it and then you bring the firecrackers out and then maybe your dad's propane torch, you know, and just lay waste to to everything. <laughs> and then the then the army could come out at the end and chase him off. Right. Till the next movie. I like this guy. I like this guy, the just generic marine. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a good character. I'll bet you there's a lot of scenes that got. I'll bet you there's a lot of scenes that ended up on the editing room floor. Him, he's so generic. Yet something about his character is very charismatic. I think they could have developed him a lot more in this movie. I, he brings I like in his little character. nuances, like the stutter and everything that he has. You know, it's just a little you know character nuance. See, I could have seen this become a series of movies the same way the Transformers movies became a series of movies well, because it's movie... basically populated by the same characters or the same yes. type of characters, you know? Yes. I mean, you've got Matthew Broderick could easily be Shia LaBeouf's character. You've got the the likable foot soldier guy. There's There's a guy just like him in Transformers. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's been in all three of the movies. You've got... You know, the, the general that's always barking the or You know, I mean, so many of the same archetype of character, you know, through between the two. It's it's just a shame, I think, that they didn't, you know, they decided not to go forward with this. Because they kept the rights for almost 10 more years after this movie. And really, I, besides the animated series, did nothing with it. I remember walking out of this movie and my friend Mark and I looked at each other and go, went, there, there'll be no sequel to this. <laughs> There shall be no sequel to this. Even though they set it up, it, I just, I, I was like, eh, I, I don't think it's going to capture people's imagination. I think it did well at the box office, I seem to remember, but it didn't light right. the world on fire. And it's not, to me, it's not a movie to, if it had been something else besides Godzilla, if it had been named, 
if they didn't have the rights to Godzilla and they called this movie, you know, Budzilla or whatever, Frankzilla <laughs> or, or something like that, and could avoid copyright laws, I think it would have been a bigger hit because it wouldn't have had the associ- you know, the associations that people would have wanted it to hit. Any Godzilla-like things in it would have been looked at as a tribute and applauded <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than as a uh, as a bone thrown their way. I, I completely agree with you on that because that that's one of the things is as a monster movie, it works for me. I enjoy it on that level. And the criticisms that I hear leveled against it, a lot of them I think are kind of ridiculous, but they're they're from hardcore Godzilla fans and. I mean, I, I can appreciate that because I know what it's like when something that you love is taken and twisted into something that that you don't like. So I well, can appreciate it on that level. Well, this is but I mean, this is me to- having absolutely no attachment to original Godzilla. I can watch this and just enjoy it as a good old fashioned smash everything in sight monster movie. I like it on that level. You see, th- although as that, th- I wish there was more smash everything because. Well, I'll, I'll get in, into it. Uh, uh, the Gene, the Siskel and Ebert joke, was funny, once, <laughs> right? But man, he drives it into the ground, and it's all look, it's all played for, for laughs. And you know, I guess the story is he was pissed at having his other movies, um, thumbs down by Siskel and Ebert. So this was his revenge. To to get back at him. It was I amusing. What they I remember it got a chuckle from the audience at first when they realized that his name was Mayor Ebert. But they like they just, you know, I mean, the, there's a point later where you see a election picture of him with a thumbs up, right, on it. And uh, I'm glad they stick around as long as they do, only because one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is actually delivered by uh, by Ebert in this. So I'm you know. After that scene, they could they could disappear, but I like the line he delivers. Well, the thing is, they're not. To- the, here's the thing about this movie, and I hate to say it because it's a Roland Emmerich movie. Is I don't like those elements of it, but I don't think they play poorly. I don't think as a movie, this movie doesn't succeed as a watchable, enjoyable summer popcorn brain turner offer movie. Much in the way the first I haven't seen. Why has this guy got his fish? He's <laughs> gold evacuating. Fish. <laughs> He's evac because it's his valued pet. It's a. Oh, it's, okay. But that's, that's right. but that's a nice touch to add to it. You know. That's yeah. Very Spielberging. Spielberging. You're actually asking yourself why there's a guy carrying a fish tank in, and you have to imagine a story for him. I do like the French Secret Service guys in this. I like that they're actually speaking French too, which is a nice touch. Well, it's funny it's because fun. he was—he's also known as being a sort like Independence Day is one of the most rah-rah flag-waving um, movies ever. You know, USA USA movies. I think there's actually no. a USA USA chant no. in it. Oh no! It's it's so fake and shit. Right, I hate right. But in this movie, it's the French who are usually the foil. You know, the French who are looked at as wimpy, pussy, coward. You know, had to get their asses saved. The French are the ones that are on top of this. They are sort of ultimately responsible for it, 
But at the same time, that guy is portrayed as being, you know, utterly competent. I mean, so much for New York City security that he can walk up to the mayor and put a hand on the back of his neck for like 10 seconds while he talks to him without security tackling him and being like, don't touch the mayor. <laughs> but this is pre-9-11, too. I like that, how he got impatient and took a step closer to salute again to get his attention. That's, see, that's why I like this character. And I think he was sort of portrayed as like, we'll portray him as the everyman, but he's actually, to me, he seems a little more interesting than a yeah. lot of... Now, now, I remember in the movie theater, there was like, people were pretty wound up by this part, you know? People were just like, alright, we're gonna get to some Godzilla foo. And, you know, a lot of... <laughs> Godzilla foo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know... There's there's something about 80, the 80s style of movies where when you have a big creature or something like this, you have to tease it and, um, right, you, you know, three. you have to hide it for as long as possible to build <laughs> Get her! attention. And I think that's a mistake in Godzilla movies. I, I don't think you should hide him at all. You should have him swinging around and killing as much as possible but they're establishing a, a totally different i i like to think of this as horizontal godzilla because he's <laughs> you know he, he is he's more of a run on four legs running lizard than a shambling around upright on two legs lizard i mean he's tunneling in this you can't could you imagine watching a scene from an old Toho movie of of rubber suit Godzilla like trying to tunnel into the ground? Right. With the like rubber suit bulging in the in the it would be it would be bizarre. So, you know it's one thing I find myself torn on this whole you know, I think this is where a lot of movies still to this day go wrong of where it's like the world in which Godzilla lives, these fish are the, like, I gotta say, these fish can hold their breath a long time. <laughs> They're still flopping, like, hours later. Um, <laughs> They're Liam ne or not Liam Neeson, what's his name? Uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen fish. <laughs> I can hold my breath a long time. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a lot of this. Even, even like, a couple days later, we're gonna f see some more fish still flopping, just to just to look visually good, even though there's just no way. <laughs> but you know, this is the meat and potatoes w of what people want: the army mobilizing, you know, mm -hmm. the city. Here it is. Look at it, all fresh for for the ripping. And uh, they give it to us, but they give it. To, they're giving it all to us here at the front end. The French are everywhere. Everywhere. I love how they, <laughs> they don't look like Marines either. They're like, some of them are like little wimpy guys with glasses. They're all just sort of like a... Uh, they look like the, the, the college guys that come to the house in Poltergeist is what they look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but there it, it's like he's 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 the badass of all of them all the rest of them are just sort of yeah right tag tag bunch of of brainiac sort of thing there's another guy who shows up later on who's got a little more military gotta get that show. kodak plug in there kodak's paying some bills in this movie oh there's plenty yeah there's plenty of product placements but that's to be expected yeah. in these movies too and you know compared to, to today where they're just so glaringly obvious this this seems at least integrates them more in i don't use my brand new kodak camera right <laughs> But uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. He just walks away yeah. from him. I love that. I love it when you get a character like this that has no time for the officious asshole. I love yeah. that. Yeah, revels in the fact that this guy usually has people jumping at him, and he just like brushes him off. Well, he was doing the yep. same thing to Broderick. Now, this like upon my second viewing here, this explains more of his attack on the ships, like the original ship. You know, he probably attacked right, it because yeah. it smelled like fish. I think they could have made that maybe a little more apparent I and also I don't see how that's not something that one of the first things that you'd think about <laughs> is like let's put some bait for this thing now what I wonder why they didn't think about is why they didn't throw a bunch of strychnine in those fish or something I know. thought that too because after maybe they're not thinking about that at this point, but when they lure, when they set up the second trap later on, I'm thinking surely they've thought of this because Matthew Broderick himself tells the soldier after the whole battle that's coming up here in this next scene. Later on, the guy says, "You know, we, you know, he did all this damage and we didn't do anything to him." And then Matthew Broderick says, "No, that's not true. We fed him." Yeah. So it's like, yeah, all right. Well, next time around, you know, feed him. Yeah, put some uh, put some poison, some knockout gas or something in there. You know, take him down. Knockout gas. Now, there's something they could have got from King Kong. Yep. But oh, well, there is kind of a there is sort of a scene like that because when they when they blast him with the uh, with the submarine. They think he's dead. And yeah. He just goes into whatever a coma or whatever, only to pop up <laughs> all of a sudden later on in the movie. I I think I don't think. I mean, don't I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. It is not. It is not a perfect movie by any stretch. I'm just <laughs> saying that I'm able to watch it and, and enjoy myself. You know, I, I I can watch it and have a good time. I watched this yesterday with my kids, and and we were all just sitting there munching popcorn and just having a blast. Yeah. I mean. On just a let's just watch some shit get destroyed level, it works, which is all I need from a giant monster movie. I don't need this insipid story of Matthew Broderick and his ex-girlfriend. I don't need all this other crap that we're given in this. The same way I didn't need, you know, the the archaeology guy and, and uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum's character and all that stupidness in Jurassic Park. I, I didn't care about any of those assholes i just want to see some dinosaurs tearing some shit up and that's what this movie gives me i mean yes you do have the stupid stories too but thankfully in this there's a hell of a lot more godzilla action in this movie than than there was in jurassic park in my opinion jurassic park is a whole lot of build up build up build up and very little payoff to me whereas this Right here, this movie's doing it for me. I'm like, oh my god, it's freaking Godzilla coming up out of the ground. Totally works for me. 
And I love the sound design yeah. in this I think the sound design is great. I mean, there's real weight to him when he makes those crunches, you know? Well, this is... This is where I like to see Godzilla from... Filmed from below. Here's... I, th mm -hmm. I think in this sequence, they take a little bit of this... I think a lot of this movie... Why it wasn't as satisfying for some people is is we lose this element, the scale of him, the intense size right. of him, because we get a lot of, in the city, instead of seeing him tower over the buildings, we're sort of given a view from a copter chasing him. So it's it's like chasing him through a maze, and it's its own kind of thing. It's a totally different thing than other Godzilla movies, but it doesn't make him feel as humongous as, like, these scenes, you know, where you see him from a human's point of view on the ground. When it switches mm -hmm. to the helicopter, it switches into a more sort of video game style. Right. Not that that's bad. In the theater, that was... It was, it was a really neat scene. It was basically Star Wars, the... Trench run. The trench man. run, yeah. I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen. I, I didn't. I can't remember exactly when I did discover it, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on video when it came out in the on video. I, I didn't didn't go out to see it in the theaters. Wish I had now though. I'd love to see it on the big screen just to see what it looks like. See again, there's something to be said for the practical stuff. I like yeah. the model work. Well, this was back in the day. When it wasn't feasible to do a, or, or possible to do a whole movie, everything CGI. So they had to really, right. like, use it to do... They had to really use it in in, in marriage with, with practical stuff because they had to. And it's another one of those examples of limitations ending up right. working towards their advantage. So what is he for the most of the movie? Is he a practical effect or a CGI effect or Godzilla? a combination of yeah? I I would say ninety nine percent of the time he's CGI. If you're seeing his whole body CGI, but there's obviously when you're seeing like claws coming through um, walls and stuff, those obvious. A lot of times they obviously look like a practical effect. You know, shoved. You know, blown through the wall. You know. They have J. that. Jonah they, James is going to be pissed. They just blew up the Daily Bugle. <laughs> yeah, now this <laughs> is... Yeah, this... We're what? How, how long are we in into this movie? Like a half hour in? Oh, we're 48 minutes in. And this is where... This is this is the stuff we want, you know? Yep. Here it is. It's starting. And, and that's about yep. right in the time of a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I want the I see from here from here on until the, the and here's the the flame breath everybody was bitching that they don't get. You get it a couple of times in the movie. Yeah, but man, that flame breath sure would come in handy in a lot of scenes. <laughs> yeah, I know. In the future where, <laughs> I know I'm going to point one out. Where where Godzilla but could This year up until he crunches the last helicopter, I'm just loving it. I I think this is some good shit. Oh yeah, they're flying through the old HBO, uh, <laughs> the old HBO. 
Yeah, I was watching this yesterday and thinking that's all practical model stuff. Yeah, that's that's, actually that's really steady. Cool. We're looking at steady cams flying through a um, a set, and 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 I imagine a lot of the edges of it might be enhanced with CG and stuff. But yeah, it's basically a set. Mm -hmm. And it's cool, but it also takes away a lot of the like. Well, there you see, you know, here we get the the Empire State Building or the Chrysler Building. Chrysler, yeah. But um, it's like whoops. I like how he just sort of flubs it, going, "Well, we missed." <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get like if I lived in New York City, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, this is my street." You know, it, it sort of takes away the landmarks of it to when when we're flying through the trenches like that but then again we're i guess we're trying to be more realistic of what would happen if a more plausible giant lizard attacked new york city what it would more plausibly be like but you see i'm beginning to think that that's not the right route to go the world where godzilla lives is is a a totally different world and i want to go to that world in the movie i don't want them to take our world and try to adjust godzilla into it Right. Or, you know, yeah. in, in general with anything, whether it be Batman or Superman or or Star Trek even, you know. Right. I'm happy with it going into their world where the things that might not be possible in our world or, or plausible are happening anyway. Damn, I love this shit. The treasure bullets. They're just tearing They're just up everything. Tearing up. I hope those people really are out of those buildings. Well, there's a few lights on. You, it's New York City. You know there's still some people who are like, oh, I yeah. ain't going nowhere. I will live yeah. through the blackout. Yeah. Live through some zoo animal loose in the city. I don't care. I'll lock my door. That's like that line in Close Encounters. There's always some joker who thinks he's immune. I love that line. <laughs> I love the little shot we got there in the uh, when those guys were looting the store. The little shot of uh, it came from beneath the sea. That's a good classic goofy monster movie too. Where'd he go? Pretty smart monster though. Well, that's another you know, thing. Is got well. Koi hole and then go around. Godzilla's always this been... shot. I'll be honest. This shot's pretty crappy right here. This this shot does look like the '76 Kong it's right a, here. He just swats paper it. wall. Yeah, but I like that with his. I, and he's got the dinosaur short arm syndrome. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Well, th th that's another thing. It's like we don't want Godzilla to be smart. It, uh, Godzilla had a personality after a while in the Toho films. Yeah, you know. It's it's like the and, and the thing about Godzilla is it's like do you wanna adapt the first Godzilla, which was a serious movie. You know, they were seriously trying to make it a movie that was to be watched and taken seriously and had a subtext about, you know, Hiroshima and stuff in it. And then after that, you know boom, um it, it gets campier, you know. Godzilla has a son, or befriends a little kid, and and stuff like that. As <laughs> I like that shot too. Yeah. 
Yep. Ooh, he done knocked some shit down. Yeah, it's Corkly not quite a destroy map of destruction, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Alright, here's another one of those giant leaps in the movie. Is what, what could possibly make him suddenly want to run pregnancy tests on the monster? Well, Where the hell does this plot point even come from? Here's another thing that annoys me about it. When they realize that that Godzilla's pregnant, they keep calling him he. Right. At that point, I would start, it's Mama Godzilla. And that makes right. sense, you know? And it's like, I'm okay with that twist in it because I really don't care what Godzilla's gender is. It's not like, it's like, it's not like I have a male cat in my lap and I'm petting it and I'm like, oh, is that a male cat? Get off there, you know? Or whatever. <laughs> you don't really think of animals' gender except when you're, like, talking about them as he or she. So it just it just doesn't make sense to me that everybody, nobody goes, don't you think we're talking about a she now? You know, and then he could maybe say, well, not really because they're born, you know, no, whatever, but they don't. It just doesn't make any sense. And here we also go with insane movie coincidence. Old boyfriend. Well, d didn't we see uh, big lizard nads on, on Godzilla when he was bending over to eat all that fish, though? I think that's why he's calling it he all the time. <laughs> I think you're getting that confused with one of the Transformers movies. <laughs> Didn't one of the Transformers have like truck nuts or something like that? Yeah. yeah. It had uh, wrecking balls on the one. Hey, that's my nickname. <laughs> yeah, I we mean, it's more Transformers movies at some point, too, just because we haven't alienated enough listeners yet. After all that destruction, it's just sort of like, oh, this guy's still in this movie? <laughs> and it's this, like, quiet scene. And it's weird because they could have built a whole thing where she thought maybe he had a girlfriend because he's in there buying a pregnancy test. Yeah, it's nothing. 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 She does it. Yeah. Not that I really care how well thought out this romantic plot is i sort of just wish it wasn't there at all <laughs> yeah it, it it really doesn't work and it, they were in a serious relationship and she ran off on him he's just so mellow about it mm -hmm. and and okay, maybe that's his character and stuff, but you know what? Make him a different character. <laughs> so it's a little more, you know, so maybe he gets a little more like, look, you left me, you know, you screwed up my life or whatever. And now you're coming in and screwing up my life again. And he does it. He just sloths over every, I, I, I would, at, you know, at, at a later point in this film, I wouldn't be willing to talk to this woman, even though, her um, troublemaking does lead to the resolution of everything, actually, in the end. Because <laughs> everything, everything that happens in this, like, you know, just directly affects the plot and the outcome and stuff. Godzilla's urine test is positive. 
He's on bath salts. That's why he wants to eat everybody. <laughs> See, he's pregnant. And and that what begs the line. Yeah, well, she sort of does it. But see, but he's like, yeah, he's a special kind of he. Why would you say that? <laughs> Why not just take the, the more natural scientific conclusion and go, it's a she. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I think I think that there's uh, I think that we saw there's a some, script writer leaking information of... to him is what I think. <laughs> I think there's some measure of, of genitalia there is why he's, he's sticking to his he theory because I think he got a, an eyeful. Well, I'm going to was... be looking now. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky that's all he got. See, I'm thinking that that was, if I'm right, I think that was another one of the things that the, that the fans were complaining about was, oh, I didn't need to see Godzilla's nuts. It's like, well, yeah, well. It's supposed to be a real living, walking around creature, you know? I, I don't know. I didn't see him. Maybe I was averting my eyes or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> see, this Absolutely. is... Mm-hmm. This is uh, it's just like, oh, look, this is so touching. He remembered me all these years. I'm going to steal some shit from him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to royally screw him all over. Right. Telling you the women's is evil. Nobody believes me. He's such a heartthrob, like Tom Cruise. Yeah, let's write top secret and red ink on it too. (laughs) (laughs) This is an amazingly edited. (laughs) <laughs> this is like Star Trek where they have it's the like ed- the- edited footage. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's helicopter footage, but this isn't what it would it wouldn't be edited into 30 second little or you know, 10 second sound right. And that's all that's on that's the all tape. That's on there. Does she even have any any frame of reference for for what she was looking at? Right, there? right. You bitch! You screwed Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they should have done. After he gets fired, they should have started up a uh, save Ferris campaign. <laughs> But see, now we're done with that. We're now we're done with right. any large-scale ra- raging for a while, and we've got subterranean Godzilla. Subterranean. He's a chud. <laughs> yeah, Chudzilla. <laughs> exactly. And this is one of the most implausible scenes ever. Look how these guys are walking on eggshells, man. They're like. They're like hyper aware. Wasn't his buddy just looking his direction a second ago? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, you would hear Godzilla breathing. You would hear tons of rocks fall. You know, I would instantly that guy would have turned back around. What the hell's going on over there? 
mm-hmm. but you know it had to be that way for just the visual right I stole it <laughs> this guy could have been this guy even his outfit the the editor guy he could have been in he could have been in any movie from like 1975 <laughs> right up to today that costume well, she's, is she's changed her clothes like 15 times now and animal hasn't changed his clothes once well, his animal that's why i like the other outfit she had on better Yeah, it really does kind of bog down in the middle right here, doesn't it? I didn't realize that before. You see, um, I think it's because of this guy that it doesn't. I think his character is great, and yeah, it's his, and he's got a comedic edge to it. You know, he's he he puts some comedy into his character besides just the script. I mean, it's the script comedy for him. Is just stupid French jokes of like, oh, your coffee's no good, oh, your donuts are no good, you know that a uh, r- running gag of of that. But in his scenes where he's got to act with other people, he's just so good at, at using his face, that deadpan, that sort of hangdog deadpan to right to work his magic. I'll bet you there were more scenes of uh, um. The guy who's sitting next to the redhead, too. The yeah, allergy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. See, because they're working the whole he likes her, she doesn't like him. Right. And uh, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> Somewhere here is uh, an actor that I really, really like. They have... Oh, there he is. That's uh, Chris Ellis. He's been in a number of movies that I really like. He was in uh, Apollo 13. He played one of the Mercury 7 astronauts. He played uh, Deke Slayton. He was in uh, October Sky. He's been in a whole bunch of movies. A lot of stuff that I like. He was in From the Earth to the Moon as well, although I can't remember what role he played in that one. He's just one of those character actors you see in a lot of different movies. What did that say about 1964 New York? Was that when he was born or something? Is that what it said? Uh, okay, that would, I guess, make sense. That's, that's about the right age for... Yeah, because he's not that much older than us in no. real life. He definitely has made a deal with Satan at some point in his life, though, to keep his youth. Because he well, does not ever seem to age more than like just a couple of years for every 20. He's, he's, he's kind of put on some weight and... In, in in the last few years. Has he? Oh yeah. He's I haven't seen him lately. He's he had a big comeback on Broadway. Um I don't know if he was in the movie version of it too. Did, did they make a movie version of the Broadway musical of uh the producers? Yeah, I think so. Well I know they there was the original version of it. Which, uh, there's a little fan service right there. Right, yeah, exactly. 
and my L for R's jokes. See, I'm surprised everybody turns to look at him. I love it. <laughs> That's a great look. That's a Ferris Bueller that look right there. That is a Ferris there. Bueller. That's a who me. That also that look was also Mike Cross in high school when he would get in trouble. <laughs> what? What? No. No, not me. <laughs> Come on. If you can master that look, you get away with so much shit in life, I'll tell you right now. Well, that's the thing. That's Matthew Broderick's bread and butter there is being that yep. character and doing that, which is why I wonder why they decided that was what they wanted to bring to the Godzilla movie. I mean, the original American lead actor and was Raymond Burr. <laughs> <laughs> They should have got him back. This guy, yeah. Well, this guy's more like, I would have preferred this guy being the lead mm-hmm. for the movie and not even having a romantic plot. His story arc would have been like, we got to clean up this Godzilla mess. Right. That's all. That's, we- I kind of get a feeling that's what the, the new one that's about to come out is going to be like. Like the that lead character in that seems to be very much like uh, like Philippe in this, where they're they're kind of leaving out the the Matthew Brodericks and the, the girlfriends and the romantic, and they're just going straight for the, oh my God, it's a giant disaster. How are we going to survive? Kind well, it of looks hell. like there's one character who's a scientist. Where the Brian Cranston's like, a, you know, the scientist. And then it looks like there's one guy who's like a GI paratrooper. So She is everywhere that he is. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's this movie is just, you know, Based on wild coincidence and and happenstance. See, I always thought New York City was a giant sprawling place, but apparently it's only like three or four streets because yeah. they just kind of running into each other. Well, it's like that thing of like, okay, these two people had a love affair, but you know, so now they're both in New York City, so they bump into each other. No, you could live in New York City for twenty years and never bump into somebody else who lives there, you know. You might not even not bump into the she, person who lives down the street from you. You know, not only did she just walk away, never even said goodbye, as he himself said, left him. He's been pining over for like eight years. She breezes back into his life and totally screws him over and gets him fired. And he never gets irritated. Right. Punch the bitch in the mouth. It's like, come on, yell at her at the very least. He's not even all that upset with her. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna deliver a stinging barb and then I'm gonna drive away, and that's it. And yeah. it's like, really? That's it, dude. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, as long as you think it was a terrible thing to do, uh, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> no. Come back, Shane. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, no. Nah. Oh, sorry. Had a burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tries to hail a cab, and then he just steals a van. <laughs> yeah, he steals a van to go help his girlfriend's friend. With with and and and, all right. Uh, this he doesn't also realize he's going to tr- why. He doesn't realize that she just screwed him over. <laughs> well, I guess he does. He must know. If I were him, I'd be just like, yeah, you screwed that one up, didn't you? Yep. You know, uh, because she basically did. It's just like, no, I'm going to 
I'm gonna go and steal, be a car thief on her behalf. Grand Theft Auto. Although I imagine <laughs> it'd probably be easy to get away with it because I imagine New York City is pretty much uh, locked down right now. Right. But that also makes me wonder why there's cabs driving around still. <laughs> Usually in this kind of movie, this would be the point where he, like, shoots him with a taser or something. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be coming with me. But another thing that's kind of endearing about this movie is there's no bad guys in this movie, really. Except Godzilla, sort of. But even then, they try to make Godzilla, you know, mother protecting her young... The entire end of the movie is the 76 Kong. Yeah. Because suddenly, you know, they feel sorry. Or at least he does. Matthew Broderick yeah. stands there making eye contact while the thing dies to a heartbeat sound, which is exactly like 76 Kong ends. So, yeah. But again, it's it's it kind of endears me to it. I kind of like that sort of thing. Yeah, well, you know, 76 Kong is not a movie people are lining up to rip off. Right. You know? <laughs> but they should be. It's like, oh, no, not another 76 Kong ripoff. Jeff Bridges has got to stop making these giant monkey movies. It's just overkill. I love that line. This is America. You can buy anything. For just a minute there, it looked like a diehard flick. As if machine guns would have anything to do. Like, and I don't know if I was in the army and like uh, trucks pulled up with fresh paint on, wet paint on them. I'd be a little suspicious. But they have to show you everybody hard at work. These French, man, they get themselves aware. They can mobilize themselves into a whole warehouse in no time and set up a... I love that shit. I need, I need, to, I need a crew like that. But they're not secure enough to keep people from just peeking in on them. <laughs> yeah, I have to watch The Professional again. It's a really good movie. It's really weird seeing Natalie Portman that like young in it. She's just a little kid in it. Can he really hear them from there? Yeah, exactly. Of course he can. He can he, hear everything. Because he goes back and, and tells Matthew Broderick's girlfriend that, yeah, there's all these crazy French people. And I'm like, how did he know that they were French? Because oh, uh, he was up there. He couldn't hear what they were saying, but it was just like, His wife's super annoying, too. They smelled like frogs. <laughs> well, she's just they I mean they're just two stereo stereotypical New York City characters, you know. They're like cut them out and put them in the you know, her her character is basically like you know, yell at him and then give him a kiss. That's basically mm-hmm. that, that's her character beat. And I love oh, that they shit, have Oh shit, we missed we mi- Oh, she does deliver one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. We missed it, damn it. Because there's uh, 
you know, we, we, we started off the uh, the show being very non-PC. Man, there's a hell of a non-PC part in this now. I'm not even sure if it was acceptable at the time the movie came out. The, the part where he goes running out of the restaurant and she goes, come back here, you retard. I'm like, ooh, they can't get away with that shit anymore. But I actually like that line. <laughs> this just looks like a scene out of Sex in the City or something. Right. It's Sarah Jessica Parker or something. Oh, thank God she's not in this movie. Jesus. I like the horse face girls, man. Oh, you can have them. Every one of them. Yeah, Sarah Je- Jessica Parker's got a head like a like a Star Wars um, droid. She's got the head that was left in the bed in The Godfather. That's what she's got. <laughs> But I, what I like is in their living room full of refugees, the, the, you've got the, like, stereotypical movie extra of a clean version of everything. There's, like, a clean biker, uh, you know, a hippie. There's a George Carlin-looking old guy. There's a Jewish couple. You know, they just got, like, let's put one of everything in here, you know, <laughs> a couple of little kids. I'm going to, like... I, I I wasn't really paying attention, but I'll bet you I can spot an Asian. In yeah, there. there was. I, I saw the Asian woman. About thirty percent black. They just—it's <laughs> just like extra. Ca- it is. It's like extra casting call. I think there was a gray in the background. Yeah, there's just a gray. There's <laughs> there's an immigrant immigrant couple fresh from Ellis Island <laughs> with a wind up accordion. This this is my favorite gag in the whole movie. Is like, why do you chew gum? Makes us look more American. And then he looks back at the two guys, and they have they've transformed from French to American just by chewing gum. <laughs> it's another little Ferris Bueller face he made there. Uh, give me the monster already. Exactly. Eg- exactly. And then they're going to mess with us more by turning it into another movie here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, here, here comes some more coincidence where they're going to intersect... With people in a ma- in a gigantic maze. All right. Well, if you're gonna be a reporter, stop being timid about rats in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been giant rats. I love it. This See, was... I would have liked to have seen this version of Godzilla fight another giant monster. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel cheated that there wasn't at least one sequel. Well, I think that's what's I think that's what's happening in the new one. I think there's going to be another giant monster in it. <laughs> SP's a dickhead. I'll tell you right now, now that is not how that works. He pulls up, he sees the guys, he's like, all right, just go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Stand there go, I wasn't talking to you, soldier. Yeah, no, that that wasn't 
just 85 different kinds of fishy. <laughs> it's funny these guys smell French. <laughs> they smell like frog. Any apologies to any of our French listeners out there. I wonder what the deal is with the rain in this movie, anyway. Yeah, I know. It rains all the time. I'm wa- I, mean, I could understand if it was like Watertown area, but does it really rain that much in New York City? Well, maybe they were trying to set it up that this Godzilla being a sort of aquatic lizardy sort of thing stayed underground but was more liable to go out during the rain, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, they make they make a big... Um, show of showing how aquatic he is, you know. Right. Well, I I was wondering if maybe the rain was there as a mask for some of the background elements or something. It might have been too. It might have been too. But it seems to me like it would almost be, it would almost make it more difficult, you know, to do the special effects to have it raining all the time. But. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, there's a lot of raining going on in this movie. I mean, it's a minor plot point because they do comment on it several times. Uh, Harry Shearer's character keeps saying something about, you know, about the weatherman and, you know, predicting how long the rain's going to be and all that stuff. So, I mean, they make a point of acknowledging the fact that there's some freakish rain thing going on, but I'm just wondering from a you know, from a writing perspective, what what was that all about? I mean, did it serve a purpose? I'm thinking maybe they came up with when they designed Godzilla. They came up with like, what does Godzilla like? He likes, you know, he likes being out in the rain because it keeps his skin moist. You know, so we'll have him stay in the subways, but when it rains, he'll go out and you know do whatever he's doing. I mean, this. See, I actually like this part because this reminds me. Of the old monster movies from when we were a kid, where they well, actually, use a they real lizard. Use a real lizard. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the, the the same exact thing, and and when you see him down here, this is more his natural habitat, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's like a giant iguana. Yep. I actually kind of like that. Or she. Yeah, unfortunately, some of the uh, some of the composites don't hold up all that well anymore. But then again, in a weird sort of way, that adds a little bit to it mm-hmm. because again, it's it's more of a throwback to like say like an '80s movie, like you were saying. I I completely agree with you on that. It's, I think it's it a does, very '80s movie. For being '98, it is a very '80s movie. It doesn't. It, it's very. It's um. Free of blood pretty much free of swearing you know any kind of major swearing or right. you know or really adult themes <laughs> it's very much just smash and you know there's there's nothing really upsetting going on in this like if you were a little kid you, little, some little kids would be scared of Godzilla or whatever but you don't see people getting torn in half, and I'm I'm gonna be very interested in the the new Godzilla, whether it ends up being 
the the guy who directed it his first movie was he was very it was a giant monster movie but he did it very subtly mm-hmm. so I'm I'm sort of hoping that that translates to an extent to the new one but I hope it doesn't end up being like um oh what was it Cloverfield where it's I could not watch that movie I tried. I gave it a. I gave it a valiant effort, but I could not watch that movie. I know the new Godzilla. And this is a. I mean, this is a genre I would like to see come back. I'd like to see this come back, and I'd like to see the disaster movie come back. And I'm surprised that neither one has, because you know they've they've both had huge movies. Well, Roland in, Emmerich's your director, then, man. He did the. <laughs> he just did that 2012 movie. That was a disaster. That was a. Uh, that was a disaster thanks. movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean like a disaster financially. I mean like well, he basically carnage and wreckage. They basically trashed the whole earth in that movie. That was right. basically like the entire earth getting wiped out. I hate when that happens. I don't hate when that happens on screen, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's so many like nice little blast of fire breath right here would uh would take care of his enemies. Mm-hmm. And see, this is this is a Spielberg moment too, of where it's like, oh, Godzilla realized, you know, he's he's getting smart and he knows that it's a trap. That's but it's a just shot. a little ham-handed. But fire, because shooting machine guns at it didn't hurt it before, but they might this time. Careful of those buildings. Oh, never mind. Damn it! Just slam the phone down. Stupid phone. And and this scene is sort of now we're back to it's it's a little bit of a rehash of the earlier scene. Love it though. I don't care. I just want to see shit blowing up. I just wish they could have come up with a different variant. Had some tanks or some Hummers or. Well, there's some tanks, but <laughs> you, here you I go. Mean. I love this part because. Now, I'm pretty sure this came out before Lost World. I could be wrong about this. But this right here, again, having read the book to Jurassic Park, this was something I felt like we were promised with Jurassic Park because it happens in the book, but it didn't happen in the movie, which was the giant, you know, the T-Rex is swimming. Yeah. And I love these shots of Godzilla yes. whipping through the water like an iguana or, or whatever it was at the beginning of the movie that we, you know, they showed the shots of the, the lizards swimming in the water and their tails working. I just love that. Yeah. Well, no, this is what we need to do. Now we have him fighting something different and he's fought subs before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but now we see the, it's the aquatic aqua Godzilla. He's, yep. he's at home in the water. He tucks his, you know, they, they obviously studied real lizards right amphibians i don't around. think it was until jurassic park 3 that we got a t-rex swimming wasn't it i don't think it happened yeah. in lost world, now that i think about no, it, it didn't happen in lost world but here we get here we get also godzilla outsmarting the submarines oh this is a little uh, hunt for Red october yes. moment here because the same thing happens in that movie but i'm cool with that Oh, that's okay. I'd rather see it happen with Godzilla. Right. 
Oh, they should have had Sean Connery be one of the sub-commanders, though. Yeah, beastie. See, I like this shit. What? Huh? What? Huh? Panic. Give <laughs> me all back full. Emergency rise, dumbass. I'd rather be fighting Godzilla from a plane than from a submarine, to tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. What I like in this is they sort of set it up to be one of those things where it's like impact and then Godzilla goes past him, but... No. <laughs> yep. No. He didn't have to. He didn't have to just wing him with his with his uh, back there, but ah, he did it just for fun. I love it. It's a cool shot. Yeah. Well. See, I like that moment. I love the music in this part too. But I like that little moment where every time they think they've outsmarted him. Except here. So that was one of the one of the bigger uh, carnage moments as well. Because up till now it's just been a lot of buildings and stuff, but that was a whole submarine, you know. Whole battalion of men lost in the New York Harbor. Come on, Denzel, you can do it. I think this was before Red Tide, wasn't it? I think so. Ow. Did you just plow here. into that head first? <laughs> he can dodge missiles, but don't put a wall in front of him. <laughs> well, you know, he's got that, that dinosaur, you know, an eye on the, each side of his head thing going on, so See, he's got no... I think he's just been running around, and then he was just like... Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap for a little while. We'll let we'll let people watch Jurassic Park for for a little while. <laughs> oh, so warm down here. Why do they think he's dead? Yeah, why uh, does radar tell you when when some biological thing you're chasing is dead? Target destroyed. He didn't look destroyed. He looked like he was in pretty much one piece. Right. If you know, if his tail went floating by and his head went floating by, I'd be like, "Okay, target destroyed." But I here we're like, only we're, in, we're we we still got like forty eight minutes left. <laughs> right, I know. The movie. <laughs> oh, you're right. The fish are still wiggling dum, around. Dum dum dum. Telling you, those fish are those are some badass fish. They're just like, come on, man. Maybe it's man. actually one of those singing fish, you know? I've it held out just this fell long. off the wall. I've held out this long. Just take me back to the water. See, I like scenes like this because it takes me back to something like, you know, like Beneath the Planet of the Apes or Logan's Run or something, you know? Where you find a monument, a iconic landmark trashed. Yep. I always like iconic landmarks trashed. Now I wonder, is any of this the real place you think, or is this all a set? I think it looks build? all like a set. That would be an expensive to close down Madison Square Garden and then trash it. it. Especially when all you had to do with the set was put a couple signs that said Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right, that's true. And now it's just like aliens, but Alien, giant. Yeah. Even the opening sequence was very much like the um, 
old movie trailer for Alien that was just a slow, you know, camera tracking towards one of the eggs. Right. And now we're going to get into lots of practical effects. Sometimes, actually, this is to where practical effects might be a little bit um, wonky because Godzilla, him herself, has been CG through the whole movie. And that's what we're used to seeing. Now, those look more like Godzilla balls to me than anything else. What's that? Those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm betting this is all this is all just a miniature set with composited humans in it when they show it in the right the long shot like that. But at this point in the though. movie, I should have been going, "Oh shit, they're in trouble." But I was just like, "Oh no." Are we going to have a dead Godzilla and now have it be baby Godzilla story, you know? Gadzookies. Now, see, are they planting plastic explosives? Um, yes. It looks like it. But they don't have enough, though. I know, but what happened to those? <laughs> I would have been I would have been getting out axes. <laughs> but you know, they're about ready to hatch cuz that's just how movies like this work. Instead of having like, you know, six more weeks or something, you know, it's like, no, no, they're hatching like right now. I'd be worried about more about the giant spiders that are weaving those spider webs. Don't touch it. It's icky. Can't you see it? It's going to open up and grab onto your face. Watch movies. Don't put your face on it. I love you, Godzilla balls. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, we have a problem. Shh. I'm in love. Oh. Now I can't help but see two guys in back of that thing shaking it. Oh, no. A rubber head. (laughs) <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> huh? Yeah. There's a little eh? too much time of, like, figuring out what's going on when it's obvious what's going on. Okay, here's the deal. We need to, like, get the hell out of here, like, right now. Oh, my God. Aren't they cute? Has he switched video cameras yes, a couple of times? Yes, he has. He has now? a different video camera now. That's a totally different video camera than his original one. <sighs> now, another thing I wondered is, why aren't there a bunch of people corpses in there? See, at this at this point, I was like, I don't want a remake of Jurassic Park, <laughs> and now we're we're into like basically a Velociraptor scene, you know. I'll give you that, but I think this is a lot better than the Velociraptor scene in in 
I don't mind so much if somebody wants to take something and and do it again, so long as they're going to add something new to it or or improve upon it. I do think this improves upon that. A little as far as like the special effects were, but once again, I just it was to me it was not welcome in a Godzilla. I don't want to see him running from a, a million baby Godzillas. I want to see. I want to see the big mama. Right. I want to see the giant. Now, if these guys were growing really fast and we were getting an army of giant Godzillas, oh boy, that could be really crazy. But this gets, it gets a little into the, this reminds me of a little bit of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. Where it's just like, instead of making it plausible, they're like, we're going to like, layer this up and up and up and up right which once again i'm not going to complain about action in an action movie that's for sure though you know it's just i mean i wish they were i i I wish there was a different problem here instead of it being like now it's basically like runaway it's a runaway escape from the um now, I was really convinced when I first That's saw it that they'd right. killed off Godzilla. I was like, did they just kill off Godzilla and now this is going to be the the main turmoil point of the movie? You know, is how do we deal with the baby Godzillas? Right. Oh, I stink. That's right. Ah! <laughs> ow, ow, ow. I, think, I, tend to, I tend to think he was having one last little remembrance of his girlfriend before... <laughs> Death. I love you, Sherry. I... Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not vigorously defending this part of the movie because, I mean, I could have very well lived without this, too. And there is there is one moment of it I just have to chalk up to, oh, okay, this is too much. You know, where, where they actually do... They, the part where they do actually escape out into the street <laughs> is just ridiculous. But that said, I mean, I didn't need this. I didn't ask for it. But... I mean, I'm entertained by it at the same rate. <laughs> I do like that part. It's a good line. They get showered and everything. It's, that's like the, a line that would come out of a real person's mouth. Oh, they did work Lincoln into the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had Lincoln and Genghis Khan in the same movie. All right. We're like three for three now, right? It also, I why also is maybe... he even in the camp? Why are they even... <laughs> why is he there? I'm sorry, you were going to say? I, it, it also the, this also reminds me that both Siskel and Ebert are dead now. <laughs> oh God, that's right. Seen the comedy version of it. Aww. Um, I didn't know Rob Lowe was in this. <laughs> they got a secret videotape of him too, but that's. <laughs> Careful! Don't cut yourself. I think it might have been a better idea to try and squirt him with water. 
But they grow when you squirt them. <laughs> Code Dragonfly. Dum, 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 dum. Okay, this part I like right here because this is one of those things in movies that always makes me nuts. Somebody just blurts out a whole string of numbers or a set of instructions or something, and the other person automatically, magically knows everything that the person just said. I like here where he's like, wait, wait, what was what? that number again? Wait, what do you want me to do? I like that because that'd be me. I'd be like, whoa, wait, stop. Can you write this shit down? Because there's just too much stuff going on right now. I can't remember anything you just said. What do you mean you don't know what's wrong? I just told you. All those circuits are busy. Every secret spy is calling in on the hotline at once. <laughs> Nick, my men and I will work on peace. You'll have to go and get help. <laughs> yeah, screw that. <laughs> One guy looks like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> At least they weren't French stereotypes, though. Yes. Well, they'd be they'd be in France right now. Although I would have liked to have seen at least one of the guys try farting in the dinosaurs' in general, general direction. direction. <laughs> well, I think a few of them shit their pants, but that was more in the last <laughs> second. There, yeah. Uh oh, Nicholas Cage is Hello? about to get munched. <laughs> Come in, it's open. I love it. These guys just look like they should be in a cubicle. Right? Yeah, they do not strike me as the French Bruce Willis at no, all. They look, like, they look like the people we would meet at, at a convention <laughs> that listen to our show. <laughs> this guy looks kind of like Shag, you know? <laughs> Shag of the French Foreign Legion. Cute little boots. Maybe I got a milk bottle! <laughs> <laughs> Speak English! There's somebody at the door. I think it's the Avon lady. <laughs> Should I let her in? That'd be me right there. That's it. Just piss it off. I'd do that if, I, if I'd if i noticed that machine gun fire seemed to do a, even a single goddamn thing to these things. <laughs> besides piss them off. Uh, look, he's put. That's a great effect. Oh, I like that part. You know what else? You don't. You don't see gumball machines like that anymore either. <laughs> no, all they got are those virtual gumballs these days. Hi. Sorry, wrong, wrong door. There's a. Well, I guess they're newborn. I guess they can be a little bit clumsy. They're just babies. They just need love. And meat. Just make warm, reassuring noises. <laughs> See, if he had one of those those teddy bears that makes the mama sounds, he'd be alright. Yeah, yeah. Just put them all to sleep. That or a Slim Whitman album.
Uh, he should have totally delivered a Sigourney Weaver line right here going, Come on, God damn it! I love that part in Aliens <laughs> where she's trying to get the elevator to come, because that's me. That's me for every elevator. Even, even with, without creatures approaching you, just <laughs> some old ladies walking up. You don't want to be in the elevator with her. You're just pushing the button. <laughs> come on, God damn it! <laughs> Throwing gumballs down behind you so she trips up. There is no way Ferris Bueller head out push of the... a goddamn dinosaur back through the... No. No. Yeah, exactly. No. No. Well, uh, th- these dinosaurs also suffer from a classic movie thing of where they're super fast only when they're not. And they have great reaction time only when they don't. <laughs> The air ducts, of course. Get together, have a few laughs. (laughs) Hey, look, we happen to be just at the crux of the action again. (laughs) Shoot him! What happened? Um, the dinosaurs ate all the French people. <laughs> Turns out they really like French food. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Ooh, that was a French joke and I didn't even mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, for the fifth time, I apologize to all our French and Japanese. <laughs> oh, they were gone long ago. <laughs> I think they. I think by episode um, three. Mops did not taste good. Let me just tell. Let me just mention that. Don't ask me how I know. Just trust me. That is what a cameraman would really do, though. A, a, a true character like that would. That whole scene is really weird because it goes from bad composites to really good composites back to bad composites and back and forth constantly. It's really awkward, that part. I think what it is is depending on the level of fog and smoke in the corridor. Yeah. When there's a lot of fog and smoke, the, the composite doesn't look so good, but when it's nice and clear and well lit, it looks really good. That's how I want to open all my doors. An intranet? What's that? On the intranet. Is that an alien figure in the background? It is. I think it is. You know what? I think it's the alien from... um, It's the alien from Independence Day. Is that what that is? Here's John. Ooh, that looks fake looking. Ooh, is that fake looking? <laughs> this is very Jurassic Park. This is like Newman yeah. in Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh uh uh. I've been working for 48 hours straight in this little box. 
<laughs> Actually, that's probably pretty accurate, too. So he can hear them. Can they hear him? I, I wonder this every time I see this part. Dinosaur Sprint. sponsored by Sprint. Sprint. There's some ruffles going on there, too. You can sort of see the ruffles bag, actually, as we speak to the right. Ruffles. Ruffles have ridges. And dinosaurs. Dinosaurs have ridges also. <laughs> Damn, she's hot. Yeah, but bad movie logic means that she's going to have to hook up with the guy she hates pretty soon. Yeah. Sniffle man. It's my big moment. I'm taking my hat off. She's got a case of the fr the frizzies at eleven. <laughs> Fight the frizzies. Why did I say fighting? <laughs> fighting the frizzies. Fighting the frizzies. <laughs> at eleven. <laughs> There's a lot of them, too. Is he even wet? No, he's not even breathing hard. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's an Asian lady. There's little Billy, little Sally. Yeah, explain to your kids about that. <laughs> so essentially they're tribbles <laughs> yes pretty soon Harry Mudd's going to show up in this episode Mayor Mudd what do you think of these giant tribbles uh no <laughs> <laughs> Kiss me, I was just going to say, they're going to start making out on camera on live TV. I have to go. If I'm going to get blown up in a building, I'm going to get laid. In front of my <laughs> cameraman friend. Anything for you, Ferris. He's got some great looks. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's just got the. He's got a face, man. Whenever he turns up in a movie, it's always good news. Get out! I like the guys. Like, I better put that last bit of text in flashing red letters. Okay. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> oh, good timing. See those see those literally remind me of like a ride at a like Disney. Yeah, it's 
You know, it's funny you say that because I was I was resisting saying that, and but they do. They it's look like, like the the half ones that pop out at you on the like the dinosaur ride in, in in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and that's you can totally tell that the shots are like less than a second long because if they showed them for just a little bit longer, they would look like wiggly rubber arms yeah. on them. Yeah. A lot of times with these big budget movies, I I will be watching it and it'll take me out of it, and I'll see. You know, the Aww. eight guys sitting behind the wall, and they're like, "All right, go!" And then they go and stick the Godzillas through and wiggle it, and it looks really fake. But they go, "Ah, well, we, we'll, you know, we'll edit it." It was a blockbuster sign. That just makes me sad. Blockbuster. Oh, bye bye. Oh, they did it to themselves. Oh yeah, they did. They did it hard. I actually don't feel sorry for them at all. It's just. I'm not from a nostalgia sorry. standpoint. I met my wife at Blockbuster, you know, so. Yeah, but, you know, that's like saying you met your wife during World War II, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I met my wife as Hitler was, you know, burning through Europe and rescued <laughs> her, and, and I miss Hitler. I do. <laughs> it's a bum rap. Okay, this is Hitler to block, but blockbuster to Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Makes perfect sense. This is the part. As much as I dig most of this movie, this part is just stupid. All right, here's our plan. We're gonna run through the middle of them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, they're all waiting now. They're not. They're not. They're they're waiting to attack us. I mean, the idea of shooting the chandeliers down and, and then running as they scatter is a good idea but it's as not played like, out desperate well. plans go, but it's not... Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't play right. Spielberg would have showed you how it would have worked. The thing Even if falls, it hits, and then they wait too damn long to start running. Yeah. So by the time they even start running, the dinosaurs are already recovering. And realizing, oh, there's no danger to us. Yeah. Why aren't they eating the, the stragglers? All you get is a couple, like, half-hearted nips, you know? Come on, seriously? No. No, no, no. And up till now, none of them had tried to get out the doors. Really? This is cool, though. They should have blowed more shit up in this movie. Don't look back at all the glass shrapnel. <laughs> oh, I think I have a door handle in the middle of my back. You see, scenes like this really should have been in the middle of the movie. Right. <laughs> and just kept going. Right. That's that's my complaint is and you know, it it probably just costs too much at this point. Yes, I was just- they, uh, it costs too much money to blow shit up to, like that. To do two hours of, of destruction of New York City. And it would have been funny because I wish that they would have the guts to know that you could film a, mo- a movie of two hours of just solid destruction and uh, the actually the opposite of this scene. 
Are you gonna make out with the French guy? Kiss me, you French freak. <laughs> and and maybe the critics would have been like, this is just two hours of Godzilla destroying a city. And then that would have been like the dog whistle to everybody to go like, really? I'm there. <laughs> this movie has no religious, er, religious, romantic subplot to it. It's all just smashy, smashy. All right, well, at least thank God for this. Oh, shit. At least they tricked you. They did, in the movie, trick me to thinking that was the end. They vanquished, you know, the foe and the movie's over. We're almost Junior. two hours into it. Junior, get up. You broke it. It's broken. Regular and extra crispy. Ooh, I am All pissed off fault. at you. And that's another thing is... Uh, Good time for atomic breath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have solved that problem right there. The From here until pretty much the end of the movie, I'm thinking good time for atomic breath. Well, he's used it. They've seen him use it. And, and Matthew Broderick has answers for every... Right there. Right there. Yeah. Great time for atomic breath. Yeah. Look at all the shit flying at him. It even looks like the beginning of the scene where he used it for the first time. Yeah. It's like when that... Yeah. It's when that alleyway's just a little too narrow for Godzilla. That's when it comes in handy. Little puff, yep. puff, puff. They're all crispy critters. Yep. It would be like the scene in Terminator 2 with the chain link fence. This chase scene is very much like the chase scene in the Peter Jackson King Kong remake, too, I think. Yeah. I do love that there's a moment where uh, Godzilla slips and falls. That I like. That's a nice little touch where, you know, the, the streets are slick with the rain and everything, and he actually slips and, and falls and slides. That's pretty cool. Whoa! I also think it's ridiculous that they have to make Godzilla have a personal grudge with our protagonists. It's all just so much coincidence that, like, Matthew Broderick ends up with somewhat of a relationship with. I thought the same thing about Peter Jackson's King Kong. Right. I didn't need him chasing, like, somebody. He's like, oh, I don't like that guy from Monkey Island. I'm going to chase him. It's like, no, <laughs> it's just like, where the hell am I? Smash everything. Right. That's, that's all I need for the monster's motive. I don't need Godzilla to have a motivation right here. For any of this. I do love the flying cars, though. There's a lot of cars get flung around in this part. Love that shit. I've loved flying cars ever since Superman 2. Did you ever watch 2012? 2012 no, or whatever? Absolutely not. It's redonkulous. But it's another one of those... It's The thing about Roland Emmerich is... His movies are not unwatchable. Didn't you do some sort of show for that one? I did. I'd bring me the head of Roland Emmerich. I no, I mean, I thought you did one that was specifically about 2012, though. I don't know if I did it specifically for 2012 or if that was just the inspiration. Is it fun? I mean, is it is it a fun kind of destruction? It's, well, it, it delivers more than Godzilla does. There, I mean, the world is, it's, it's to the point of laughable ridiculousness 
because so because the main characters as the world is being destroyed. Right there, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, love that. Just makes him more angry. Would it make for a good commentary? You think? It would, except it's like three hours long. Oh, but I mean, you see entire cities crack open and fall into the earth in that movie. You can tell he never chucked eggs out of car windows as a kid, because he, if he was one of us, he'd have hit that guy right in the head with that thing. <laughs> that would have been a nice destroy-like scene. It says Akbar Yimadibadad. What did he throw this at me for? <laughs> Godzilla's still alive. Like, they wouldn't have felt the shaking of him <laughs> stomping through. Look at this. This is like Richter scale stuff. I would have loved it if he'd have called that in and they're all out for pizza or something. They're not even in the command center anymore. They're celebrating. Yeah, they're having shawarma. <laughs> <laughs> there's the atomic breath. See, look at the cars flying around. I love that shit. And this is the only one that doesn't ignite. Of course. Because they're just ahead of it. Oh, there, there's that record book. <laughs> what? Wait, what? How the hell did he know that? There, that's a great car yeah. flick sequence. It ha that had a nice sense of inertia to it as it as it was flying. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. Yep. It's another part where Perfect atomic parts. breath come in really handy. Or they're kind of at a dead end, yes. Yep. Oh, maybe he's afraid of burning his nose or something? I don't know. And here also we get the same. Lights. Let's look out. What? What? I love old What'd radios like that with those old spinner right. dials on them uh, with the lit. They're in a goddamn tunnel. Should they be able to pick up this broadcast? That's a good point. Oh, they're sort of at the opening of the tunnel. All right, I need one of our New York listeners to uh, to write in and tell me if uh, if you can actually broadcast on an old AM radio like that inside of the Park Avenue tunnel. <laughs> That's a good line. Wait, I have an idea. Did they even bother to like see if they could get past the barrier that's behind I them? I know. That's that was what I was thinking is how how is it an impenetrable barrier? No. Yeah, because we all know Godzilla's hate bright light. <laughs> it's like gremlins. He's a mugwai. I heard him the first time. Rob Lowe is always on the phone. Those are good lines to hear in a Godzilla movie. Direct the F-18s to the Brooklyn Bridge. That's when you go, yes! <laughs> Definitely. With a full contingent of missiles. I love the Brooklyn Bridge. Let's destroy it. 
this is just goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. For one, they'd the all be... subs when it actually shows them in his mouth look like a ride at Universal, yes. I swear to God. Yes. Crunch, crunch. The now, we have seen him be... eat a, a helicopter in flight. Why is he having such a tough time eating this... Uh... He's got oh, a he's little bit of pavement it. underneath it, yeah. too. Oh, and he's a little dental work, it looks like. Hate when that happens. Ah, that would piss me off. Ah, stop it! Another good time for fire breath. Actually, though, you'd think with fire oh, breath. This car is so screwed. And it just bounces. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Did no. you see it earlier when it ran over his toenail and it's totally screwed up the front end of the car? Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, this car has an adamantium axle on <laughs> undercarriage. I love this That's part. really cool, though. The way he sort of hops yeah. up there. Yeah. Really nicely done. So it looks good. Whoever wrote this, I mean, whoever wrote the movie or wrote this part, this was actually really clever having it all tangled up in all the wire work mm -hmm. in the bridge. Was a, that's, that's smart. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I don't know if it, the physics of it would actually work that way, but the way it looks in the movie, it totally makes, it, it makes visual sense, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. like, yeah, of course, that is what that would this is what would happen in a ridiculous circumstance like this. You see, but that's why I'm always like, why bother try to make these movies like happen in reality when you always right, end up yeah. here? <laughs> right. No matter what it is, whether it's the you know like the Dark Knight or the Superman movies, you're always going to end up in a scene that's just ridiculous. So you might as well embrace that yeah uh, well i've said it before i'll say it again the further you push the ridiculous into the world real world the more ridiculous you make it right right but if you have a world where the ridiculous exists then it works in the context of it right exactly well that little hop sure was handy yeah still looks like a normal new york city cab <laughs> He should come to that little screeching halt and then the steering wheel just comes off in his hand or something. Or the standard movie scene where the car just falls, you know, the Blues Brothers falls scene apart, where it yeah. just falls apart. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Is I that the I'd Blues Brothers the where that happens? Where I, I think so, yeah, where they finally get where they're going and it just it falls just to pieces. It gives up I, the ghost. I, I know I've seen that in a movie. I'm sorry, Matthew Broderick. I didn't mean it. I really love you. He's got a perfect R face. Yes. Right <laughs> oh my God! Not just a. I I I I just will have you know this is a total tangent, but I I totally swiped the picture off face. Oh, he does have Godzilla balls. <laughs> um, I told you. <laughs> your sister put up one of the best R faces I've seen in a long time from your teen years <laughs> and it was it's the, the R face where somebody comes up behind you and to take a picture and says smile and you would just whip around with <laughs> it's classic <laughs> it's going to show up in photoshop someday folks it's sweet well the missiles killed Godzilla oh no was Ferris Bueller that killed the beast? Killed the beast. <laughs> it was Bueller killed the beast? 
that's got to be the name of the episode. Twas Beulah Bula killed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Lizards always have that sort of like sly grin look on them, no yeah. matter what, whether they're dying, pissed off. They've always got that sort of just like, yeah. Lights out. What squinky eye? <laughs> Aww. You didn't have to kill it. We could have kept it in a zoo and studied it. At least there was none of that in this. Right. That that always defies... That's always a bridge too far for me. Where the hell did all those people I know, come? I know. It's just New Yorkers. What? Just... Look at that hippie. He's just such a, He's like, yeah, man. It's just uh, everything's like right out of like cat central casting. <laughs> and look at him. He's like, oh, yeah, man. Freedom rock. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't do it. Yeah. See? And then she's like, oh, no. I just realized I'm in a bad movie. And now we're boyfriend and girlfriend because I secretly <laughs> like him. And I didn't even know it throughout the whole movie because... Nobody can end up unhooked up, not even Siskel and Ebert. See, they're like a bickering couple. <laughs> you see this? You ain't getting none of this, Mayor Ebert. That was a great little bit of physical comedy on that guy's yeah. part. That's what I mean. There's something going yeah, on like, with that actor. He's he's yeah. good. He looks he what looks really generic and he doesn't get much to do, but the, he's he's he good. He reminds me a lot of my brother-in-law actually. You haven't ever met my brother-in-law, have you? No. He he actually looks a lot like my brother-in-law also. What is uh What is his last name in this? They've called him by it a hundred times. Oh, yeah. O'Neill, that's it. Let's see, Doug Savant plays him. And O'Neill's a total, like, milit just a military sound. Oh, that's right. He's been on Desperate Housewives. I forgot about that. I mean, not that I watched that show, but sure. I've seen my wife watching it before. And that's right. I knew I'd seen him in something. What else has he been in? Teen Wolf? Trick or Treat? Outer Limits? Uh, nothing, nothing's jumping out where I'd go. Oh yeah, definitely, I've seen that. But I mean, he's you know he's just character actor. He's been around in some stuff, huh? That's right. I knew I'd seen him around somewhere. Oh yes, I just happened to have the tape, <laughs> and I'm look at it while I'm talking to you. We will meet again in hell. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's what I've been saying, you idiot. <laughs> now to go back to my apartment and fight my manservant. <laughs> Let's go get it on. I wish it just wouldn't be a two hours of laughter, but we. Uh, I would be fun to do the Pink Panther movies. I should just watch them. That's what I should do. 
This is just so stupid. Oh, come on, I like this part. Really? It's just yeah. too... It's just... There's no... It's not the sequel, man. I know it is, but it's and just the, too... And it's too comes e- out, it's awesome. It's just too easy. It's just too, like... It's just like, yes, one of the eggs survived. It's almost too obvious. They could have... I Like, I think it would have been, like, better if you had, like, a couple New York, like, junkies running off with an egg going... Dude, you think we could sell this to somebody? You know, or something like that, you know, but. And also, this place would be crawling with government going in to make sure that they were all dead at that point. Mm hmm. But. It's watchable. I just watched it a second time this week. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll still I'll argue this is a co- this was a comedy. It had more funny moments in it. You know, it, it was almost always going for a, a joke somewhere, except for the main, you know, um, set pieces. Right. I don't know. I I get a kick out of it. I really do. It's you know. When's it's not the new a one coming piece? out? Uh, like in 16th, the 16th, I think. Okay, so in the next few weeks. Yeah. I'm really kind of excited for that. But then again, I was really excited for this one, too. I mean, I don't... I I mean, at this, at this point, as we do this recording, I don't have any plans to see it as far as, like, going to see it. I'm sure I'll see it eventually. But, I mean, that could change, too, because I have no idea how, how interested Scotty is. Scotty's my, uh, around this house, he's the, the Godzilla enthusiast, so I'm not sure how interested. It just, the thing with the new one is, I have no, I don't really have any feelings about it one way or the other. I've seen the trailers, and I'm thinking, eh, it looks pretty good. But the thing is, the, the first trailer that they put out, the first, like, full-length trailer they put out, it just right. annoyed me so much when people were, were putting shit all over Facebook going, Oh, this looks like Godzilla done right. It's exactly the same goddamn trailer as they were playing for this movie when they were promoting. I mean, it, it is literally the same trailer. And I'm like, okay, so potentially then, based on that trailer, we've since gotten other trailers, but based on that first trailer, it could be exactly the same movie, which is a movie that everybody bitches about. So I was just, I'm kind of dumbstruck why the new trailer looks so awesome to everybody when it is essentially the same exact trailer as the one for this movie that everybody hates there's a sense of doom in the new trailers there's a sense of like you know horrifying destruction to it that it's i mean the destruction in this is like i don't i guess good natured (laughs) you know it's it's movie destruction Whereas there was a little bit of that found footage documentary look to this. Right. And, you know, you saw, like, you saw... The the scene that got me was the scene of the train that was just crushed by a foot. But it had bodies laying all around it, you know, just sort of Mm -hmm. scattered about. And that seemed it's that seemed really ominous it's it had a real ominous feel to it it had a real feel of like something you know death and destruction whereas 
This one early on, it had a you know, it had the guy in the truck that he pulled up that like fell out of the truck to his death and stuff. But there's not a lot of like personal death to humans in this, you know. Right. Yeah, I'll give you that. If more of the movie had been like the coming to shore scene, then yeah, it would have been really something. It would have been epic. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I never really thought about it, but you're absolutely right. Beyond that initial coming ashore scene, the rest of the stuff is like they cleared you know, out the army city. is honestly doing more damage than than Godzilla is yes. in a lot of instances. And 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 I mean, people in the army are getting killed, but it's like a uh, an exploding, you know, um, helicopter or something like that. You know, right. it's not like it's not like it would be if he just if Godzilla just tore into a city and started tearing up apart you know office buildings people would be falling out of them and getting crushed by debris and i mean there was some of that but they 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 kept it to a low and i think there's gonna be a bigger body count in this godzilla you know it looks like there's and that's not really what i judge my godzilla movies on but it's also something that would you know, I don't know. It looks like they're going for the more realistic style of this, which is usually a warning sign for me, but that could work for a Godzilla movie. I'm hoping it's more of a... I'm hoping the approach of it is more of a guy on... You know, the the army guy on the ground. Right. Get, get, just being the guy who's sort of there in the middle of it, so you see the destruction. But... um. I don't know. I, 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 I'm looking forward to it because the director's first movie was very interesting and it was smart. You know, he was, it was, he had a really limited budget and he made it work. And he, when he didn't have the money for giant monsters, but when they were in there, he filmed them in such a way that it was very effective. So I'm hoping that translates into this Godzilla. I'm hoping it's a really good movie. Um, the, as far as the super realistic part, I've been hearing stories that there's another giant monster fighting him in it, so that could take some of that away. I don't know. If this, if it starts getting a good buzz to it, I might go see this one opening weekend at IMAX. <laughs> the last movie cool. I saw at IMAX was Pacific Rim, which was another giant monster movie. I still have not seen that. I need to. It was really good. I'm I'm wondering how it's going to translate not on IMAX where it was overwhelming. It's one of those. I I I'd be curious to see what you thought of it because the all the monsters, the fighting, and the carnage are really cool. But there's a lot of story to it too. That's you you know there's a love story onto it that takes up what a lot of people thought was too much of the movie. I thought they did it because they were doing it like the old movies, you know? They, right. they would have a dumb, dumb overwrought, you know, with family, you know, grudges and stuff in it. And so they put that in this movie, too. They But once again, they could have dispensed with that and just had monsters punching each other. <laughs> Uh, I'd be curious to see what you, what you thought of it. Um, but, um, yeah, I would be really, really into seeing a good Godzilla movie on, on the IMAX. 
So I don't I, I don't know. It, what, there's there's not a lot of movies in the super near future. There's only two two or three movies coming up in the next couple months that I probably have to see in the theater. So I might I might go big time on this one. Seeing as how I saw this one on the theater, I wish the band was currently playing. We we could maybe get in free again. <laughs> Almost <laughs> twenty years later, go back and play Godzilla for two more. That's hours. funny. That would be cool. Well, I mean, beyond much beyond Guardians, I'm not sure what there really is because you know I made up the little list of movies that we might want to do tie-in shows with, and everything's in the first half of the year. The second half of the year is, uh, as far as me personally, movies I'm interested in. As far as going to the theater, what's kind of light, but that's good too because I'll be broke by, right. by that point just going to the movies. You right. Know, so. <laughs> I also thought the P Diddy. Um cashmere was completely had nothing to it was like wait they took cashmere and made it into the end theme and not blue oyster cult godzilla right yeah neither one of these songs seems to fit anything in the tone of the movie i'm not sure what that's all about it was just like a licensing deal you know it was just like oh we own puff daddy I'm just glad the actual soundtrack eventually did come out on CD because it was making me crazy that the only thing that was out there for the longest time was the one that was all the rock tunes and stuff. I hate when they do that. Yeah, and it's like it's actually a really good soundtrack. You can go a lot. I I hate when they do it even more when it's rock songs that have already been released, and it's like I can go get I can go put this soundtrack together myself. (laughs) Right? Can't go out and put together the score to this. Well, I think that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Or not. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? With a purposeful red and a cynical smile, he brings the Nolan People in hotel lines stare bug-eyed as he towers over them. He picks up a tour bus and throws it back down as he strides through the middle of Disney downtown. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Oh no! Off to the park he goes! Go, go, Scottzilla! Oh no! There goes Pinocchio! Go, go, Godzilla!
Kick him with that head. Please leave the park in an orderly manner. Scott Zaw is coming over the horizon. Repeat, coming over the horizon. Hey, how's it going? Three ninety nine. Believe three ninety nine for this shit. Oh no! It's podcasting. You'll go, 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 Scott Zaw. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.